Welcome to another Agri Epicenter seedling session. Uh, these seedling sessions offer an opportunity to all Agri Epicenter members to showcase and share their technology or offering, discuss a current topic, and enthuse and encourage collaboration. Hello, I'm Les Erdis of Agri Epicenter, and today I've got the pleasure of talking to Bill Miller, who's the Senior Customer Development Manager for Lycor. Now, Lycor is based in Lincoln, Nebraska, or at least Bill is, uh, and it's not too far, probably a stone's throw from the centre of Nebraska, whereas we're just a stone's throw from the centre of the UK. Um, but today, I'd like to discuss with Bill why he's joined the Agri Epicenter and what Lycor can bring to the UK market. Thank you, Les. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today and, and for, uh, for being able to, to join with the Agri Epicenter. It's an exciting opportunity for Lycor. And uh, what, what uh, we're particularly interested in as we, as we join the Agri Epicenter and as we look for ways to engage with other members of the group is to, to just really learn more about what the agricultural producers are, are needing in terms of trying to blend technology with agriculture and trying to solve big issues like uh, how carbon sequestration can be improved in agriculture or how, um, how different applications of irrigation or fertilizers can, can either be beneficial or, or uh, detrimental to the environment and, and looking for opportunities to try to, try to optimize those things so that, so that producers can uh, continue to increase yields and decrease the, the impact to the environment. With regards to carbon sequestration, uh, Bill, um, what work have you done in this area currently, whether in the UK or in America? Yeah, so Lycor is uh, a company that's actually been around for a little bit more than 50 years. And most of our history has been in agricultural research and agricultural measurements. Uh, we've, we've had a, a nice history of, of partnering with agronomists and horticulturists and producers. To, to really better understand plant health and to look at how plants uh, can, can increase yields over time, how changing inputs and, and changing environments affect yields from, from crops. And part of that work has been at the leaf level, really understanding the plants themselves. But then uh, more recently, we've, we've spent probably the last 15 or 20 years really looking at scaling those measurements up so we can look at what the, what the actual field level consumption of carbon is over time and release of water vapor is over time. So, so we have worked with a variety of people trying to provide solutions that will help, again, um, really quantify how much carbon dioxide is this, is this crop taking out of the atmosphere over the growing season. And, and how much water vapor is being released. And, and through research level kind of detailed measurements of those kinds of things, we can really help to drive towards optimizing crop production for not only yield, but also carbon sequestration. And most of our members will be aware that the P within AgriEpi stands for precision. So focusing on the, on the optimization uh, that you just mentioned, what what sort of granularity at field level can you get down to as regards to that that water evaporation or loss? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, 
the the measurements that we've traditionally made in our in our research applications are extremely precise. What we're measuring over the field is actually the movement of carbon dioxide molecules in the air and the movement of water vapor molecules. And we're combining that with the measurement of three-dimensional wind speed. And so over time, we can look at how much carbon dioxide has been drawn into the crop from the atmosphere. And we're making measurements 10 or 20 times a second, but those get brought together and processed and the output that the producer would see is more along the order of daily, weekly, monthly, uh, seasonally outputs that would help you to see, okay, over the last week, over the last month, over this growing season, this field absorbed this many um, tons of carbon. I think that will be uh, uh, of interest to lots of parties on the basis that I can see carbon sequestration measurements and tools to do that. Uh, becoming more to the fore. Um, from, from a typical project, I mean, farmers would ask, uh, great idea, but from a cost point of view, uh, what would it cost a typical farmer? You know, how big the field, how quickly would I have the payback? Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely something we hear a lot as we move from uh, talking with researchers to talking with producers is, is really trying to quantify the, the value and the return on that investment. And um, that's one of the, the main areas that we're working on optimizing as we, as we transition our solutions from really research solutions that are pointed at universities where they get a grant to purchase instrumentation and really transitioning that to a, a producer and, and a, a farmer level uh, solution. What we're trying to accomplish there is to really keep the essence of that high quality data and information and the actionable information that, that a producer can take, look at, and make better decisions with. We want to take that same kind of information, but really produce it in a tool that's considerably less um, complicated and less expensive than what our research customers are, are used to using. Uh, you, you've mentioned a lot of research that you've done in this particular uh, area or to give the fun in this field. Um, when you when you want to work or looking ahead, you, you, you've suggested you want to work with more producers. Do you have a typical producer in mind uh, that would fit a particular um, uh, ideal that LICOR can work with? Or And the other question with that, is there a particular crop that you've analysed that gives a faster or greater benefit? Yeah, I think in terms of the kinds of people that that we would like to to interact with more and learn from more through these kinds of, of collaborations, um, really we're just looking for for producers who are open to trying different things and who are not afraid to to be creative and think about solutions that that they've not used traditionally. Um, I think when we when we interact with producers that are that are trying new things and that are looking for ways to to, to make things a little bit better. Those are the ones that, that we really have great, great interactions with and, and find ways to help. I think in terms of the kinds of crops that are uh, most interesting to us, one of, the, one of the nice things about these types of solutions that we're currently working with is that they're really agnostic to, to the crop. They're looking at how carbon is moving out of the atmosphere into the crop. And it doesn't matter what the green material is underneath the sensor, 
it's if it's green, it's soaking up carbon, and and we can measure that. So, um, you know, uh, crops that uh, grow fast or that generate more biomass uh, absorb more carbon from the atmosphere. So those are those those show the biggest results and and make the, the most exciting graphs. I would say as you're as you're looking at the data or as you're trying to make a point that look agriculture really is sequestering a lot of carbon. Um, I I get the impression that that agricultural production gets a little bit of a bad uh, a bad name sometimes in carbon circles because people look at at uh, carbon emissions from agriculture and it's almost like they uh, they glaze right over the fact that the crop that is being produced is is absorbing tons of carbon from the atmosphere. And then when that crop is harvested, that carbon is locked. It's out of the atmosphere. It's in the crop. It's going through to feed people. And there's such a huge benefit to the carbon sequestration cycle from agriculture. And there are some emission points as well, but overall, agriculture absorbs a huge amount of carbon. And uh, being able to recognize that and quantify that and potentially improve that with better management practices seems like a, a real valuable opportunity. I think it's a very good, and you made a very good point regarding the, the opportunity, perhaps longer term, in being able to monetize uh, that from a, from a farmer's point of view, the carbon capture. But you also mentioned in that um, uh, reply, uh, emissions generally. I mean, what are the... Um, uh, R and D have like or done in, with with regards to agriculture emissions, and with that, I'm thinking uh, livestock and dairy. Yeah, that's another area that we actually work quite a bit in uh, because we don't just monitor carbon dioxide moving in and out of the atmosphere. We also measure methane, and so we have a tool that would that that can be placed in near a, a livestock facility as well, and and really look at how much methane is being produced by the livestock and um, can can again quantify that at a at a very high temporal resolution and with with very high precision and and then that information can be used to optimize management practices for for cattle and livestock as well. Um, those are those are things that we've worked in for for a while and and have done a variety of pilot projects with different uh, farms and and researchers to try to find ways to to help make that information more usable and actionable. And um, another area that we work in is in measuring uh, nitrous oxide. So after fertilizer is applied, oftentimes um, nitrous oxide is released from the field and, and we can measure that release of nitrous oxide from the surface of the, of the ground as well. And again, kind of quantify, okay, if you apply fertilizers in these situations at these levels, this is the emission of nitrous oxide that that is uh, resultant. And so then if you want to optimize that, if you want to reduce that nitrous oxide emission to the atmosphere, again, thinking about the overall climate questions, um, we can we can look at that as well. And so so there's there's a variety of different ways that LICOR ties in with agriculture, again, traditionally through agronomy and horticulture. But our real desire as we look forward is is how can we how can we take these types of solutions and really make them a lot more usable and a lot more functional at the at the production level instead of just the research level? From a typical project with a producer, um, what length of time uh, would you work with them? And and 
a separate question, I'm sorry, but the sensors they use, are they static? And do they, you know, and if they are, do they affect your day-to-day farming? Yeah, great, great questions. Um, in terms of the, the type of sensors that we work with, the, the sensors that are measuring carbon, water, uh, methane, carbon dioxide moving in and out of fields, those are stationary tools. Typically, those, it, it's almost like a little weather station that you would set up uh, next to your field or in the middle of your field. Uh, where it gets placed depends a bit on how large the field is and uh, where the predominant winds come from. Because again, we're, we're looking at wind speed, wind direction, as well as that measurement of gas in the atmosphere. And we have to bring those all together. So we wanna see air that has just blown over your field or that is blowing over your field because that's the air that tells us what's happening at the field. So um, positioning is a bit variable, but in most cases, uh, the, the weather station type equipment is, is pretty unobtrusive and doesn't, doesn't cause much trouble to the actual day-to-day farming operations. And, um, and then those, those sensors just generate data and calculate results and then output those results uh, so that they can be so that they can be used more effectively. And um, I'm sorry, I've I've forgotten your first question. <laughs> well, I'm, gonna, I'm just picking up on the moving on from the the fact that they're fixed. We we just run um, um, a webinar, or sorry, just plan to run a re- webinar on drones. Uh, and in doing so, especially with younger farmers nowadays, they're very used to they're like their new tech and gadgets. Uh, so that Will any of your sensors be be um, available to be used on a drone? And secondly, when you have the data, uh, will that come? Will the outputs come down in uh, the equivalent of a like or app on a mobile phone that they can act upon? Yeah, yeah. In terms of drones, that's an area that we've we've watched with a lot of interest as well. And uh, some of the equipment that we do design is used on drones. Um, I think that the output that you would get from a drone typically would would be a data set that you would marry up with the kind of information that we would provide from one of these kind of weather station type towers. Um, They're they're complementary to one another. Usually when you're working with a drone, you're looking at maybe some hyperspectral imaging or, or some kind of radiation measurement or reflectance or fluorescence measurements that talk a lot about crop health, typically, I would say. And, and those health measurements then really combine very nicely with, with our measurements of overall uh, consumption of carbon or release of water, especially if you're looking at optimizing irrigation application. Um, as our sensors tell you, this field lost an in an inch of water last week. So next time you irrigate, you should put an inch of water on. Um, What the drone type data can do is really marry up with that. And we'll say the field lost an inch, but the drone can say, and that area needs more water and this area needs less because the soil is different or because of the the topography or things like that. And so while we can give you a nice overall indicator information, something like a drone can really zoom in and get more specific if you have tools that that allow you to apply things very specifically then then drone data really marries up nicely with what we do and in terms of the kind of data that we provide and what do you get from a system like this a lot of our 
information can be yeah, viewed on a, on a phone or on a computer or things like that currently. Um, the kinds of information that farmers are most interested in using is a question that I'm very interested in learning more about um, because, you know, we, we see the cell phone apps for everything and we see uh, people doing, doing different approaches to data handling and data availability. Um, and, and at LICOR, we're very interested in just learning more about what would work best for producers. Is it better to have data that goes to a cloud server and you just access it when you're interested? Or is it better to keep your data out of the cloud and have your phone just talk to the sensor? Um, is it better for us to just generate a report once a week that says, okay, you soaked up this much carbon, you lost this much water, this is how much you should irrigate? Or would you like to be able to dig into to more highly resolved information? A lot of those questions are, are open at this point and, and our technology allows us to go a lot of different directions in terms of what kind of data and what kind of information do we provide. We're very keen on trying to provide actionable insights, not just numbers, and trying to help people really say, okay, this is what I should do next, or this is what's happening here's an action I can take. And so the more we can interact with producers and, and groups like Agri Epicenter and learn about what's working well for people and what they're struggling with, then the better we can really point those, those data products to, to find solutions that are beneficial. I think you touched on the key point there, which is to actually come up with solutions that actually solve this producer's challenges. Um, and it takes that thorn out of their foot uh, on that point, would you be willing not just to work with producers directly, but other companies and firms in this arena, in the agri-tech arena, that could, e.g., uh, drone, drone um, users who are working on solving the issues of the likes of black grass or pest control, um, which may be able to use your sensors? Yes, um, Lycor being a company that's worked traditionally in research is very, very comfortable with collaboration. We, we do a lot of work with other, other companies and with research partners around the world. Um, and, and yes, that's something that we're, we're always interested in, in evaluating. If someone else has a great technology, there's no reason for us to try to build it over again if we can partner with them and bring an even better solution to, to users. So um, absolutely partnering with other companies and seeing other technologies that people have and looking for ways to really combine those for a better, greater end result is, is something that we're very interested in. Well, that, that's great news for everybody in the network. Thank you. Um, yeah. uh, looking, looking ahead, uh, how do you think AgriEpicenter can help LICOR um, solve some of these problems in the near future? Um, well, I was able to attend the, the annual conference virtually in October and, and just being able to attend the conference and hear what the speakers were talking about, hear about the, uh, the different things that they're trying to manage and, and, and bring together in terms of increasing yields, decreasing emissions, increasing carbon sequestration, decreasing water use, and, and really just better understanding at the producer level what are the concerns? What are the struggles? And, and then hearing a lot of the tech companies talk about different solutions and different pieces that they can help with, that was extremely beneficial uh, for me to just really better understand 
what what does this space look like and what are people doing? What would people like to do? And so more of those kinds of interactions, whether they be through that kind of of a of a conference or just one on one opportunities to interact and talk to people about what, what you're doing, what you'd like to be doing. And then for us to be able to, you know, kind of bounce ideas off of people and say, well, we, we've considered a solution that might be like this. What do you think? Would that be helpful or not? Uh, or, you know, we've, we've seen another company and they do this really well. And we think that might really connect with what we do. And then this is what you would get. Would that be helpful? Or would that just be one more piece of tech that's kind of bothersome that you have to fight with? Um, and so the, the more we can interact with people and really learn about what they're doing and what they'd like to be doing, uh, the, the more we'll be able to provide solutions that are helpful. And, and really, that's that's what I'm most excited about as I look at, at partnering with Agri Epicenter and, and getting more engaged in this community is really just the opportunity to hear more about what direction this space is going in and what the needs are so that we can then really get our research and development scientists and engineers pointed at the right kinds of things and we can we can bring uh, solutions that are as helpful as possible well that's a great point to finish on bill and and thank you for your time i think the the message out there is quite clear uh Lycor is ready to do business uh, and work and collaborate with not just producers who will be the end beneficiaries but other companies who are like-minded in the ag tech sector. Uh, one question I would ask is you're based over in Nebraska. Who do they contact in the UK? <laughs> that is a great question. Um, we are uh, based in Nebraska as a company, but um, I have a lot of colleagues throughout Europe and in the UK specifically as well. And um, and so probably the best point of contact for, for Lycor in the UK is is a colleague of mine named Graham Leggett, and uh, we can we can make his information available to to anyone who's interested. Um, Graham is based in the UK, and he's a a scientist that that works a lot with trying to again find new ways for Lycor solutions to help different kinds of people. And so he's got a wealth of experience in in really getting out, interacting with people, uh, talking about how technology can bring benefit to two different market spaces and groups and, and Graham would be an excellent resource for a, for a starting point in the UK and then uh, and then we can expand from there. Well thank you uh, Bill. Um, thank you uh, everybody that's listening into this Agri Epicenter podcast and there will be more uh, on our AgriTech enablers site and our www.agri-epicenter com webpage. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Have a great day.